Good morning, afternoon, evening, night. This is Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries right here on Anchor Podcast. It's a blessing and a privilege to come to you again with the Sunday School lesson entitled Three Witnesses for Jesus Christ. This is the L.G. Parker Jr. version of the Sunday School lesson. And we are going to go into our scripture, which is 1 John, the 5th chapter, the 6th through the 12th verses. 1 John, 5th chapter, 6th through the 12th verses. Three testimonies for Jesus Christ. Our focal scripture is 1 John 5 verse 6 This is he that came by water and blood even Jesus Christ not by water only but by water and blood and it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth and that's our focal scripture 1 John chapter 5 verse 6 three witnesses for Jesus Christ we're going and read our scripture King James Version this is he that came by water and blood even Jesus Christ not by water only but by water and blood and it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth for there are three that bear record in heaven the spirit the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. That's First John, the fifth chapter, the sixth through the twelfth verses. And we will go right into our commentary here. Three witnesses for Jesus Christ. Now in John, the fifth chapter, St. John, the fifth chapter, the first through the fifth verses, John wrote that the one he writes about in the following verses is Jesus and those who are born of God believe that Jesus is the Christ and Jesus is the Son of God. Those who believe in Jesus Christ as the Bible reveals him are the ones who conquered the world through faith in him. Furthermore, in 1 John the 5th chapter and the 4th verse, Jesus wrote, I mean, excuse me, John wrote, Whatever is born of God conquers the world. Whatever the follower of Jesus Christ does that is 
born of God, that is conceived, inspired, directed, and empowered by the Spirit of Truth will conquer the world no matter how it appears to them or others. For this reason, what Christians say and do becomes a threat to the world and those of this world. Therefore, those of the world often persecute Christians in various ways. And here's a note here. Because the Holy Spirit has led you to study and teach the Bible and teach about Jesus and share your faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, what you do for God in Jesus' name conquers the world. Praise God for his marvelous gift of faith to you for the world. In his gospel and letters, John holds Jesus Christ before our eyes as we might hold up a rare and beautiful diamond to see all its qualities as the light shines through it and we turn it to look at it in various ways. Likewise, in various ways, John repeats what he has previously written and imparts additional insights. He will do so again as he nears the completion of 1 John and emphasizes what he wants us to remember and to take seriously. Jesus came by water and blood, that is, Jesus came as a real human being, a real person, a real man in a flesh and blood body. The Gnostics taught that the material or physical world was evil instead of good. Therefore, they taught that the human body was evil. They concluded that Jesus could not have come in a real human body because then he would be contaminated by the evil in and of his material body. To them, Jesus was only a spirit who appeared to be human being in a body. We do not know all the Gnostics taught, the Gnostics, that's G-N-O-S-T-I-C-S, okay? But John included a refutation of some of their ideas in his gospel and letters without naming them as a group. Jesus came as a human being by water when he was born of a woman, the Virgin Mary, who conceived Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And we can see that in Matthew, the first chapter, the 20th verse, and Luke, the first chapter, and the 35th verse. Jesus came and began his public ministry after his baptism in water by John the Baptist. In Matthew, the third chapter, the 16th and the 17th verses, we read, And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. In John the 19th chapter, the 34th verse, Jesus, uh, excuse me, John reported that he became an eyewitness to the fact that Jesus came in water and blood. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with the spear, and at once blood and water came out. The importance of Jesus coming and shedding his blood takes an additional and life-changing importance 
to everyone and for everyone, as John wrote in 1 John, the first chapter, the sixth and the seventh verses. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Here's another note here. The King James Version includes the words, For there are three that bear a record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Now the teaching in these words is true and represents what the Bible teaches elsewhere. However, these words are not found in the earliest Greek manuscripts, and some scholars believe it was a scribe's note that was added to the verse a few hundred years later by someone who did not recognize it as an additional note. It is omitted but footnoted in the NASB, the NIV, and the NRSV. Again, what the KJV says in this verse is true. Now, as we discussed earlier in the International uh, Bible Commentary, it is important that two or more witnesses testify to events in Jesus' ministry and the ministry of the apostles because of Deuteronomy 19, verse 15, a single witness shall not suffice to convict a person of any crime or wrongdoing in connection with any offense that may be committed. Only on the evidence of two or three witnesses shall a charge be sustained. The water, the blood, and the spirit are the three witnesses that testified and testified to the truth of what was said and done regarding Jesus coming and his life-giving work. If more than one witness was required to convict someone of a crime, it is more imperative that more than one witness testify to the truth of what Jesus said and did to forgive us for all our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, fill us with the Holy Spirit, and grant us eternal life. Now the Spirit is the same as the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. In John chapter 15, verse 26, Jesus promised, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. The Holy Spirit testified in Jesus' behalf during his ministry and after he rose from the dead, and he still testified and testifies in Jesus' behalf. The Holy Spirit testified through John in all that John wrote, and the Holy Spirit reads, helps readers understand and believe what John wrote in the Bible. Now, earlier in the International Bible Study Commentary, it was studied 1 John 4, verse 6, which reads, We are from God. 
Whoever knows God listens to us, and whoever is not from God does not listen to us. From this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The physical body of Jesus Christ composed of water and blood does not conflict with the spirit indwelling. Jesus are the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. All three agree that Jesus is the Son of God. The Gnostics believe that the spirit of error, okay, they believed the spirit of error, not the spirit of truth. My, my, my. The Gnostics gave and many received their human testimony, that is, their philosophy about God and creation and matter and spirit and good and evil and right and wrong that they used to create their religion. Now similarly, many believe and give human testimony, that is human ideas about God and reality instead of truths revealed by God with human witnesses and objective historical evidence like truths we find in the Bible. The Apostle Paul made the same point as John when he wrote about philosophy in Colossians, the second chapter, verses 8 through 10. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have come to fullness in him, who is the head of every ruler and authority. Okay? Now, here's another note. Paul also wrote against Gnostic and similar teachings. John... Let me get back to that. Just as John wrote, Paul wrote that the whole fullness of deity indwelt Jesus bodily. Okay? Now, Jesus, the Son of God, came in a flesh and blood human body so he could truly die on the cross. As followers of Jesus Christ, we know that the Bible, the testimony of God, is greater than any philosophy or ideas that humans create out of their own minds or that spirits inspire for people to believe. God's testimony has come through the water, the blood, and the spirit, and God has made his testimony on behalf of his Son, Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit still helps unbelievers come to believe in Jesus, and he still grants understanding and empowerment to those who believe in Jesus. The Holy Spirit has given the testimony about Jesus, the Son of God, and the water and the blood also speak about Jesus' gifts of eternal life and redemption, forgiveness and cleansing, and other truths about Jesus and what he has done and will continue to do for those who believe in him as revealed in the Bible. Those who truly believe in and follow Jesus Christ as their 
Lord and Savior know in their hearts and minds that they believe. Believers in Jesus feel, F-E-E-L, in their hearts, and they know the emotional joy of Jesus' presence within them as he promised. They know the love of Jesus within them. They know the fruit of the Holy Spirit within them. Prior to his death and resurrection in John the 16th chapter and 22nd verse, Jesus said to his disciples, So you have pain now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. Believers make the choice down deep in their hearts to love and obey Jesus because he is the Son of God, the Lord and Savior, the King of Kings. They truly love him. Now, some choose not to believe in Jesus and the testimony that God has given regarding Jesus as recorded by John and the other writers of the Bible. John wrote forthrightly that those who will not believe the testimony of God about Jesus Christ are making God out to be a liar. Now, when they refuse to believe the Bible is true, unbelievers need to honestly say that they believe God is a liar and that they willingly accept the consequences of rejecting Jesus Christ and the gift of eternal life that he has promised to all who will believe and follow him. Now, John summed up the testimony of God by writing the eternal life or writing that eternal life is in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And when God gave Jesus and Jesus came into the world, Jesus brought the gift of eternal life with and within him. It is impossible to separate Jesus, the Son of God, from the gift of eternal life. It is impossible, I repeat, to separate Jesus, the Son of God, from the gift of eternal life. A person cannot have the gift of eternal life apart from Jesus Christ and believing that Jesus Christ is as the Bible reveals him to us. The Bible does not now reveal everything about Jesus or teach us everything that we would like to know about Jesus. Jesus is the infinite God and we are but finite creatures, okay? Still, what the Bible teaches about Jesus is true as it reveals the reality of God. God has revealed himself truly to us in the Bible. Jesus Christ indwells those who believe in him, and by indwelling them, he gives them eternal life. Eternal life. For the believer in Jesus begins now as a quality of life, a forgiven life, a cleansed life, a born of God life, and empowered to serve God life, a life of expressing more love toward God, a life with God that will never end and constantly grow in self-giving love. To have the Son of God is to have the Son of God dwelling with you and within you. 
Jesus, the Word of God, indwells the body of the believer in Jesus, and Jesus impacts their mind and spirit. The bodies of believers are the temples of the living God in ways that could never be accomplished in a temple built in Jerusalem or in a church building. Because Jesus, the Son of God, indwells the believer in Him, the Holy Spirit and the God, the Father, also indwell in them. For this reason, the believer in Jesus has life, eternal life. If someone does not believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Jesus will not impose himself upon them and dwell where he is not wanted. It is impossible for someone who will not allow God to dwell within them to have eternal life, or to even have life, life eternal. Therefore, if a person wants to have eternal life, as the Bible describes the gift of eternal life, They must accept Jesus Christ as revealed in the Bible and follow him, the one who is the true Son of God, the true Son of God. Amen. Now here are questions for discussion and thinking further. Number one, how did Jesus come into the world? Number two, what do you think John meant by how he described Jesus' coming? Number three, In what ways did Jesus come by the first way John taught? How did the first way testify to us about Jesus? How do we respond? That's number three. It has three questions, okay? Number four, in what way or ways was it important to John or important that John stressed the second way? How did the second way testify to us about Jesus? How do we benefit? Number Uh, Five, how did John describe the third way that testified about Jesus? Why do we believe in Jesus because of this third testimony? And now we come to our conclusion. The three testimonies of Jesus Christ. We're wrapping it up. Now in 1 John 5, 5 verses, we learned that those born of God believe Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God. Furthermore, We learned that those who believe in Jesus as the Bible reveals him overcome this world through faith in him. John taught that belief or faith comes from historical evidence that can be examined and testimony that can be evaluated. Then he wrote about three that testify regarding Jesus. John particularly chose these three because he and the church needed to overcome false teachings. Some of these false teachings centered on whether Jesus came in the flesh as a human being. Because Gnostic teachers thought the human body was evil, they believed the Son of God would never contaminate himself by coming into the world with a real human body. We do not know all they taught, but John refuted them with historical evidence. First, John testified that Jesus came by water. Jesus was born of a woman. When Jesus was baptized in water, the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus and his heavenly Father declared, This is my Son, the Beloved, and whom I, with whom I am well pleased. That's Matthew, the third chapter. 13th through 17th verses. Second, after Jesus died, a soldier pierced him 
And John saw water and blood flow from Jesus' side. John the 19th chapter and 34th verse. Mercifully, Jesus shed his blood to cleanse believers from all sin. 1 John the 1st chapter and the 7th verse. Third, the Holy Spirit testifies directly to people so they can evaluate truths he reveals. Believe in Jesus Christ and know they are born of God. And this is the L.G. Parkhurst version of the Sunday School lesson. And you can find it in www.ouosu.com. It's a blessing and a privilege. And so I want to offer you an opportunity before I close out. If you have received Jesus Christ as a personal Savior, if you've repented of your sins, and you're a backslider, that means you've gone back into sin, this is for you. If you've never repented of your sins and accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this is for you also. And so after you do this prayer, after you repent of your sins and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, which I admonish you to do and I pray and trust that you will do it, then all you have to do, if you're not in a con- in fellowship with a congregation that has a sanctified leader, then ask God to send you to one and he will, or send someone to you that will lead you to one. And then, like I said, Greater Gospel Temple is available. We are available. We are available virtually and we can talk face to face we we do our worship sessions online and then periodically we have a program where we meet and get together and this will be going on until we get our sanctuary operational repeat after me dear god i ask you to forgive me of my sins I repent of my sins and I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Amen. And it's a done deal. It is done. It is done. I love you. Let me hear from you. 214-629-9543. GGTChurch66 at yahoo.com. And you can also, if you choose, you can send donations to Greater Gospel Temple at dollar sign S Polk D at Cash App. I love you. Enjoy your day.